Richards trying to scoot in there alone. It pinballs to the crease. Score! Now a special presentation for you. Oh, my God. Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to the Pod Street Boys Podcast. With your hosts. Derek, now you gonna get it, brother. John, and producer Matt. Unnecessary, but totally necessary. What's not to love? What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Pod Street Bullies. My name is Derek, and I am not joined by John. I'm not joined by Matt Casey, but. I do have my good friend, Hoagie. What's going on, my man? Not much. What's going on, Derek? Nothing at all, dude. Nothing at all. It's kind of calmed down a little bit, which is nice. We don't have to keep up with the hustle and bustle of the, uh, (laughs) you know, Flyers sign this guy, Flyers trade away that guy. So it's it's been kind of nice to be able to collect our thoughts here for a little bit. Um, How's everything going with you, man? Oh, you know, just another another. It was a nice off weekend for me. I'm right back at it this weekend, you know, driving back to PA once again. I don't but, know how you do it, dude. Good lord, bro. It's it's <laughs> been a it's been a hectic hectic summer. I'm looking forward to after September after the wedding and just you know chilling. So you know, how's uh, how's everything with you? You're back from vacation, right? Back from vacation started. Oh, I didn't even bring this up, but like, how oh, yeah, long you ago was your new it? Job. Yeah, how long ago was it that I was sitting on here bitching about a new uh, getting a new job and I finally got right. one? Oh, yeah, it's great. that's great. Right. I love it. I'm glad that I'm out of the old place. But uh, Sweet. it's going well and it's not prohibiting me from doing this. <laughs> exactly. That's all that matters. <laughs> right. So I say without further ado, let's get into some Flyers talk here. We've got signings to talk about. We've got arbitration. Yes, folks, arbitration to talk about. And something going on somewhere else that could have an impact on what's going on in Philly. But first, like I... Shadow foreshadowed, that's the word I'm looking for. Like I foreshadowed, we're going to talk about the free agency period and all the guys that the Flyers have brought in. Um, there's one, two, three, four, five, eight total, three of them at the NHL level. So we're not going to spend a ton of time on the AHL guys. But the first guy, which we got word of the night before free agency started, defenseman, former of former Florida Panthers, New York Rangers, Arizona Coyotes defenseman, Keith Yandel. One year, nine hundred thousand dollar deal with the Flyers. Hoagie, are you happy about this signing? You know what? I was uh, I was very puzzled. I mean, we talked about this last week on the Five Minute Major with Dave and Matt. Mm-hmm. I was very puzzled by it because you know last year he was one of those guys that was up on the block and fans either wanted him or they didn't want him. And you know we went out and got him in free agency this year, and now fans are kind of like, ah, oh, well, I don't really want him now. But you know what? I'm excited that we got him. It helps shores up our, our, you know, bottom four pairings. And you know what? If he doesn't work out and he's sitting up at the in the uh, in that press box at 900k, I'll be okay with that. And even if Braun's sitting up at that in the press box replacing Yandel, I'm okay with that too. You know, he's a good guy. He's a power play specialist. I'm I'm excited for him. Yeah. I remember being one of the guys that wasn't crazy about getting him last year. Um, and my main reason was you saw the dip in the stats, you saw the dip in the performance and it was him making almost six and a half million dollars a year. So unless something was being retained, like I didn't want any part of it. Um, now at $900,000, 
my tune <laughs> has changed. It's gone a completely different direction here. 900K a year for one year while a guy like Cam York basically waits in the wings and gets a little bit of experience under his belt in the AHL. No brainer to me. I mean, that it's fantastic. You get a right-handed shot to put with or I'm sorry, not a right-handed shot. My apologies. He's a lefty, uh, but you pair him with the right-handed shot and Justin Braun on that third pairing. I think it's a low-risk move that could pay dividends uh, in more than one ways for the Flyers. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And especially, you know, he's already got that chemistry with Kevin Hayes up up top as a center. This will definitely help team chemistry coming forward, absolutely. Oh, for sure. I mean, we know he's good friends with Kevin Hayes. Another thing, I know that you're probably a big fan of this as well. I mean, think about the power play and how Keith Yandel is an offensive defenseman. We've got him, Ristolainen, Ellis, guys that have experience on the power play. It could help kind of keep Provorov fresh and playing those bigger minutes when we really need him. I mean, is that something you're interested in too? Oh, it, that's super important when it comes to this team. I mean, we've we've depended on Bo- – uh, not Borchek. Jeez, holy smokes. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Provorov. We've depended on Provorov to skate 25, 26, 27 minutes a night and bring in these guys like a Yandel and other types to p- be put on the power play to kind of relieve – Provorov's minutes that'll definitely help especially I mean last year I said this multiple times we needed a right hand I know he's not right-handed but we needed somebody else out there as a right-handed person and getting these other guys as a right-handed defenseman on the power plays will definitely help and pay dividends for our power play that's that's for damn sure oh yeah and I think the biggest thing for me with this deal is that it's going to help Cam York um instead of thrusting him into a role which honestly I don't think he's suited for a bottom pairing role at all so instead of thrusting him into a position like that, you're giving him the time to kind of own his craft down in the AHL in a, a larger role in more of a capacity. And if he breaks through to the NHL, forces Vigneault's hand, he's got a guy like Yandel that can help him develop because they're similar style players. Um, right. So it's a huge benefit to him. Um, is there anything else you want to add on the uh, Keith Yandel front here? You know what, Dad? Yeah, I, th- I think that's all we had. I'm, I'm excited to see him out there. And, I'm, you know... It's another guy that brings in that leadership. He also mm-hmm. wore an A. I think he wore a C at one point, right? I could be wrong. I want to say yes. I think maybe with Arizona. Maybe. Or no, I'm think, thinking I, Shane Doan. My apologies. That's right. But, yeah, yeah. He, you know, it's another guy that brings leadership into this locker room, which, you know, Chuck Fletcher announced it, that he was bringing leadership back into this locker room and it needed to be addressed, and he addressed it. <laughs> Absolutely addressed it. Um, we're gonna get to we're gonna get to the big signing that there's gonna be m- more opinions about later. I want to save that for last. But the next signing um, happened. It was the last signing of the day. The Flyers brought back a familiar face that has Twitter just in uh, a tiz right now, or had Twitter in a tiz. Uh, Nate Thompson is back for one year at eight hundred thousand dollars. Hoagie, is it even worth the fuss about? just i don't i don't mean i don't even know i don't I, it's just give me your thoughts on this listen welcome back nate welcome back to the orange black because we needed that rough and tough gritty guy back on that fourth line third line wherever you want to put him he's he's a swiss army knife and you know what it's been a year to the day where he skated in on boston and sniped at top corner and you know what we i love it i can't wait for him to come back and and bring that type of style of play for us so you know i'm excited for him it helps shore up that fourth line like i said um and you know we talked about how 
maybe a Corey Perry would help bring uh, being in that fourth line. But you know what? I'd rather have Nate Thompson as a familiar face. He knows the guys in the locker room, and he's just going to bring a lot of energy to this team again. Mm-hmm. I won't lie, man. I'm going to have to disagree and say I would rather have Corey Perry, but <laughs> there are. I feel like there's much worse options out there with Nate. Uh, aside from Nate Thompson, I I right. like the signing. I think the familiarity played a factor in that as well. Um, the price as well. You know, he's making eight hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, one of our guys, Bob, on Twitter, that get pucks deep. He mentioned about like either you know, there's two scenarios here. He comes in, plays fourth line center, and does you know he's serviceable, or he doesn't, and he's making eight hundred thousand dollars. And who cares? So it's like, where's the the big risk here? Um, exactly. Ex- yeah, experienced penalty killer. Knows his role on the team, isn't going to play below that, isn't going to, you know, want to be a 2C. You know, Lord knows that would never work. But he knows his role on this team. And I think that's welcome. He brings, he's a veteran. He's been around the league. He's played for multiple franchises. It's encouraging, you know. Get him on the PK, kill some penalties when he can, put him out there for fourth line minutes, you know, run down the first line, second line of the opposing team. Uh, get him gassed. I I see really no risk in this aside from I know the main argument was his usage. Um, a lot of people think that AV kind of played him above his actual role the last time he was in a Flyers sweater. So we'll see. I, I'm not you know incredibly encouraged, but at the same rate, I think that AV isn't the type of guy to make the same mistake over and over again. So. I'm encouraged. I mean, are are you a little bit worried about that? Um, you know what? We only got a real small sample size from Nate Thompson last year or two years ago at this point. I mean, we got him right before the trade deadline, right? Somewhere, somewhere in there. And then, you know, COVID shut, down, shut everything down and we had him for a couple rounds in the playoffs. So, I mean, I don't, I think AB was just trying to, you know, spitball and hoping hoping it sticks to the wall at that point. Trying to just trying to get him to do things that Nate Thompson's not really comfortable in doing. So I think I think now that AV has pretty much a sure lineup, I think he knows where Nate Thompson has to be and expects him to play his game. Agreed. I couldn't have put it any better myself. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so we get to the final uh, NHL level signing here, and the Flyers finally address their backup goalie issue. Um. You, they addressed it, uh, whether they did it well or not is up for interpretation, but they signed former San Jose Sharks goalie Martin Jones to a one-year, $2 million deal. Um, we all know how Jones has been the past couple seasons, uh, eight, nine, sixes for three seasons in the save percentage column, goals against hasn't been terrific, record hasn't been, but we do know that he is capable of being a good goaltender. The three seasons prior to those three, he was fantastic for San Jose. Um, showed a ton of promise with L.A. before jumping ship. So, to, in your mind, Hoagie, is this the right move for Chuck Fletcher to make uh, in accordance with uh, backup goalie in that position? You know, Martin Jones was not on my radar when it came to backup goaltenders or even an available goaltender at that. Um, I mean, I you know, I've, I was always high on Holby, but, you know, if we're bringing in Jones and hope he's signing the same type of deal, one year, two million, I'm not going to be mad about it. I think Jones can help come in and kind of help Hart establish his confidence again. And J- Jones has already said that he's he's not going to try to push for that that starting uh, 
starting minutes. He he knows that Hart's our, our goaltender, and he's going to help build him back into the goaltender that we know he should be. So I think I think it's the right move where you're not getting someone super competitive, but you're also not getting someone that's just going to you know be like a laid back goaltender, and not kind of kind of not care. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it's the perfect mentality. I think having a guy who understands his role on the team, you know. Carter Hart is the starter. He will be the starter. He will remain the starter. And I think having a guy that understands that and comes in and knows that he needs to play the backup role, it was of paramount importance uh, bringing in somebody that understands that that's his role. He's going to be the backup. That's it. I think helping facilitate Carter Hart is obviously the biggest thing this offseason, and I think the Flyers did an okay job at it. You know, who knows? Uh, reports could come out saying a guy like Holtby didn't want to come to the Flyers. Or a guy like, you know, Olmark, we weren't paying Olmark $5 million a year. That just wasn't happening. Bernier got four, I believe. Um, yeah. That's not the type of money that they're going to throw at a backup goalie right now, given that they still have to sign Sanheim and Hart. Um, but I think for the value, we get an, a decent goalie who's capable of playing up to potential. And he also played under... Flyers goalie coach Kim Dillaball uh, when he was with the Kings, yep. so that's promising. Uh, reuniting those two because he was fantastic with Los Angeles. Um, so, I mean, you think that, I mean, is that a benefit to him, uh, being able to come back and work with the goalie coach that he was most successful under? Oh, absolutely. I think I think if you, you come back to someone that you're familiar with and you know that you've succeeded with, you're, you're just going to do just as good as you were. I mean, I hate bringing this into it, but, you know, football. He had the whole Carson Wentz thing go down, and Foles is like, oh, I wouldn't mind going out to Indianapolis and, you know, being back with Frank Reich. He's come that type of coach. He, he's succeeded. If Jones is going to come in and be a backup and still be able to succeed with Dillaball, I think that's a that's a win-win for, for both parties. Absolutely. Uh, anything else to add to the Martin Jones discussion here? Nah, I, I mean – just not the not the goaltender I had my sights on. That's, yeah. I don't think anybody had had their sights on him at all. No, I mean it, it was uh, we you, you could call it the unpopular pick, I guess. Um, but no, nah, it's I guess there was worse options out there. Uh, I'm hoping. Um, but so those three guys signed with the Flyers. We have a couple AHL level signings here between. Uh, we have three defensemen. There's Nick Sealer, Cooper Zek, and Adam Clendenning. Um, Interesting name there in Adam Clendenning, and you uh, you mentioned it before we started recording here, so I'm anxious to hear what you think about that one. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a proven guy. He's been in the age, NHL, AHL. He's kind of been all around the league. Uh, I, I, I don't know too much about him. I just know that he's been around, and he's he's been a solid defenseman for, for other clubs. So I, I hope he's, he just adds some more depth, and God forbid, God forbid, you know, we have a couple defensemen go down in the regular season, he can jump up and help fill a slot if, if we if need be yeah and in Cooper Zek and Nick Sealer you get two younger guys I believe it's one of the two they were a, a Chuck Fletcher draft pick here so you know you kind of had to think you see the ties there I'm sure that yep. <laughs> you know with so many defensemen their contracts expiring for Lehigh Valley it only makes sense to plug those holes um yep. then they signed two forwards so Ryan Fitzgerald's back for another year uh, he played. He was almost at a point per game season uh, last year. He was like I think twenty one points in twenty six games. Uh, they also bring in Gerald Mayhew, who um, is another point. He puts up points, you know. So you know that that's Lehigh Valley still needs to remain competitive. 
and I think bringing in those guys helps. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know everything about them. I don't. Um, <laughs> I don't but, either. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, but it's, it's it's encouraging. I think um, there's not really much more to be said about that. But if we do want to stick with Lehigh Valley, and I know we had this for a little bit later, but I want to. I figured it's going to flow better if we do it this way. Uh, you've got a, a nice little tribute piece that you want to um, oh, yeah. address oh. here with a, a departing individual from the Phantoms. From the from the Flyers organization. The Flyers organization, sure. <laughs> and that, that's going to be our boy Alex Lyon going to the Carolina Hurricanes. He what signed a two year deal, two way, something like that. Two way deal. The, I don't know the the money aspect, but you know what, Alex, see you later. You're never you're never going to be our guy. You're a career AHL goalie at best, and you'll never find a starting slot, at least with the Flyers. Maybe somewhere else. I don't think so. His his numbers in the AHL are phenomenal: 75, 54, and 15 with a 2.75 goals against with 9.13 save percentage. That's pretty damn good for AHL. I mean, NHL we had a small sample size: 22 games, not the greatest record: 6.72, 3.21 goals against, and 8.93 save percentage. Terrible. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your face just said it all. Terrible. <laughs> you know what? If you're saying I'll miss him, you're 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 full of it because. You're not going to miss him. We have our goaltender, Carter Hart, and Alex Lyon was never going to be our goaltender. So he was an AHL guy. He was great with the Phantoms. But you know what? Good riddance. Have a good time. You helped fill a slot when, you know, we had eight goaltenders get hurt. And, you know, you were one of them. So <laughs> have fun, kid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wish nothing personally but the best for him. You know, I think it was never going to be – it was never going to work out with the Flyers. He was never going to be a starter. He was uh, backup was a long shot as well, um, and you're seeing it even more now with the guys like Sandstrom, Ustamenko, Urson uh, coming up through. There just wasn't room, um, and yeah. he became a casualty of that. So you know we had this discussion in the Slack chat for uh, PSN where we talked about like, whoa, man, they could have kept it. like, well, yeah, they could have kept him if they wanted to keep one of the higher potential guys like Urson down in the ECHL, but, you know, not every goalie takes that path. Like, Ustamenko made it work, and he played really well at that level. Sandstrom, a little bit more of an adjustment period. But if Lyon's taking up a roster spot in Lehigh Valley, that doesn't leave any room for the other guys. So it was just his time, and that's yeah, really all I have to add to that, aside from, you know, good luck with the Hurricanes organization. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, now we get back to Flyers talk, and we get back to news that actually broke earlier this evening. Um, we have Travis Sanheim going to arbitration, not by his own doing. Um, the Flyers actually elected to take this to arbitration. So what that means is, um, I'm quoting uh, Pro Hockey Rumors here. They've got an article about it. Um while the filing will guarantee that Sandheim will be signed at the end of the month, it also permits him the opportunity to select the term of the contract should it get to a hearing. Between now and the beginning of the hearing, uh, in the latest CBA, they determined that before the hearing you can work out a deal. It used to be that you could work out a deal even through the hearing, but with this latest CBA it changed that. Um, arbitration awards can only be one or two years. Uh, so Sandheim... It, honestly, if he were smart, would go for the latter. It would take him to UFA 
eligibility in 2023. Uh, the hearing is set to be scheduled between August 11th and the 26th. But again, another deal can be reached before the beginning of that hearing. Um, to you, Hoagie, is this a sign that Sanheim is going to get more money than we anticipate? Or is this a sign that the Flyers are going to try to, for lack of a better term, nickel and dime him here? I I mean, I feel like you got a nickel and dime him here. I think he's asking way too much, and the Flyers are having a hard time talking him down. And, you know, he had a bad season last year. And I, you know, I, he's, he's got great upside. I, I'm excited for him, but, you know, it, the kid's got to take what he can get at this point. I mean, if you can reach a deal before arbitration, I think I think that's what you have to do. I I think he's asking for a bit, not a huge deal, but I think he's asking for for money in which a top four defenseman is going to get paid. But you know, he's at best a, a middle a middle pairing defenseman. I don't think he's a top pairing guy. So <clears throat> I think Flyers are really trying to talk him down from where he is. I can only so, hope. I mean, you look at his last deal, you know, three and a quarter million dollars. I don't see there being any body of work this past season that would indicate he's going to be getting a substantial raise. Um, You know, four million dollars even to me, I feel like isn't warranted. Um, So, you know, we'll see. I don't know how this is all going to shape out. I'm no expert on arbitration, Um, but it looks to me like this will end up being another bridge deal like his last one. Uh, hopefully coming in around the same AAV. Um, you know, we've seen past arbitration cases. I mean, we, we heard earlier, what was it, later last week, that there was like 14 names or so amongst the NHL that the yeah, players... Yeah, it's a decent-sized list. Yeah, the players elected to go to arbitration. Um, now, with the teams electing to go to arbitration, this is... Uh, the article came out about Sanheim and also uh, Kevin Fiala with Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota's taking him to arbitration. I just, I mean, if you're Travis Sanheim, how are you looking at this? I, to be honest, I don't know. It's we're obviously not behind the door and, and on the and knowing what's being said between the two. But I, I mean, I would go into this and take take whatever I can get. You know what? I, I'm playing. I'm playing the game that I love, and you know what? Take a deal. You, you're already seeing that Chuck is starting to put places in, putting pieces into a puzzle that we were missing, and you should be excited. Like stop, stop trying to you know, toss yourself up more than you are. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, get in, get in there, take what you can, and and then and then prove yourself. Prove that you're worth that that type of money that you think you are worth. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting because now he's going to presumably have Ristolainen as his partner. Um, arguably an upgrade over Phil Myers. You know, the analytics crowd will beg to differ, but uh, we touched on that a week or so ago. But, um, you know, I think it's a smart move for him. It's a smart business decision for him because we, we talked about it when he signed that initial bridge deal that, you know, you bank on yourself, you go out and you play well, and you get a bigger contract. It didn't happen that last time. So maybe if it happens this time, it's like, okay, pal, you can play yourself into a five, six million dollar deal. Um, that's going to remain to be seen, but he's got the supporting cast to potentially make it happen. Yeah. Um, I think it bodes well for the Flyers, at least. I think they'll be able to get him probably around what we came in last uh, last episode or an episode before. I said, I think, like three and three quarters. 
Uh, do you have any right. type of projection here? What you think the, uh, this is gonna, how this is going to pan out? I would say I would say like what you just said three 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 and a half I would say is tops not three and three quarters I think three and three quarters is is I think he's asking three and three quarters more is is what Sampheim's thinking so I'd say three three and a half and and just tell him to prove it prove it to us you know mm-hmm. you had an off season and you gotta you gotta, you gotta do better kid <laughs> yeah, you can't put it much better than that <laughs> yeah so I don't know if you've seen this but. Do you think Hextel might offer Sheetum? I don't know. Like, I know we've joked about it where it's like, he's going to offer Sheet Carter Hart and, you know, this guy, that guy, he's going to take Rupstall from us. It's like, please do. Um, but, <laughs> like, I – we haven't seen one. I mean, yeah, we saw the one last year with Montreal and Carolina, but, man, I, it's too much of a gentleman's club. I really don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> um, I don't know. Could be interesting. Everybody's blowing up on Twitter about it. You know, Hexel's on offer sheet him because it's his first. It's his first pick ever. Blah blah blah. It's like, oh boy, here we yeah. go. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd be shocked if it happened. Um, but you know, in today's world, who knows? I could see it happening. But again, I'd still be shocked. But yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, you know, beginning of next season, he's a flyer, and uh, he'll be on that second pair with our next topic of discussion here. We all saw what's happening with Jack Eichel. Um, <laughs> things are not cordial between him, his agent, and the team. It's, I, man, I, I don't even know what to make of it anymore because it's just gotten to the point like this is getting ugly. And I'm looking here, I'm trying to stall, so I apologize, but we're looking at a tweet here sent by uh, John Sequella, and he goes, Shit like what is going on with Eichel is why I'm open-minded on Ristolainen, good lord, due to the environment. (laughs) That's just absolutely toxic. Um, And if you'll bear with me here for a second, I want to try to pull up this statement here quick. Um, So in response to the Sabre statement regarding being in control of the process, Jack Eichel underwent under contract and other comments, we offer the following response. This is his agent speaking. Um, quote, the process is not working. As previously stated, we fully anticipated a trade by the start of the NHL free agency period. After the agreed upon and prescribed period for conservative rehabilitation lapsed in early June 2021, it was determined by the Sabres medical staff that a surgical procedure was required. The recommendation by Jack's independent neurosurgeon, other spine specialists consulted, and the surgery Jack feels most comfortable having in order to correct a herniated disc in his neck is to proceed with artificial disc replacement surgery. A further point of concern is that our camp was initially under the impression that the Sabres specialist was in agreement with the artificial disc replacement surgery until that was no longer the case. What is being left out of the discussion is that Jack would be able to play in the NHL for the start of the season pending medical clearance if he were allowed to have the surgery he desires. Even as of this date, repeated requests have been made to the Sabres since early June to no avail. This process is stopping Jack from playing in the NHL and it is not working. End quote. That is Peter Fish and Peter Donatelli, his agents. This is a shit show. I don't know how else to put it. Um, it goes back to one of our main concerns when talking about acquiring Eichel. His health. Is he going to be able to play this season? And it sure as hell sounds like he would be able to if he could have this surgery. 
now that he's still with Buffalo, they're not permitting him to have it. They're delaying his healing process. And that's like, I'm not going to try to get too deep into this. I feel like that's a human right right there. <laughs> yes. I mean, what what do you make of this just clown show? I mean, you're, you're for, when you just read that whole statement, it, it blew my mind because when those statements come out, I don't even read them. It's, it's just everywhere, and I, I just get tired of it. But, I mean, Buffalo has become such a cesspool of destroying players and destroying careers that I'm glad we got Mr. Linen out of there and for the cost that we got him out of there. I mean, RIP to Bobby Hay because who knows what will happen to him him there. But Oh, the poor guy. I think Bree – right? <laughs> oh, the poor guy. Oh. I, I, I hope I hope nothing bad happens. I hope he can get out as, as quickly as he got in. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, Eichel. It seems like Eichel's on the. I, I feel like the whole team's been on the on the trading block for for years now. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter your stature or your stardom. I, I feel like they've been shopping everybody, and and it pretty much comes down to that: to the treatment of the players, to the to the chemistry in the room, to the coaches, to it's it's from the top down. I mean, if you can't treat your players with respect and you can't get them the, the right medical treatment, then what are you doing as an organization? So I feel, and I, this is going to directly impact Ristolainen. And it's going to, I said this before, it's going to help Taylor Hall out as well. Because now Taylor Hall's in Boston and he's going to be playing second line minutes and not being a star. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's going to, he's going to be able to just produce and not have all the weight on his shoulders now he can kind of just lay back and and just produce like taylor hall can like he did in jersey so bringing it back to ristolainen now he's going to be playing second pairing defenseman minutes in philadelphia with hopefully sandheim come the start of the season and the way that the world's on come off of his shoulders because he's now not paying playing top line minutes in buffalo and he's not expected to do everything for buffalo I feel like it could only help Ristolainen stock here. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, this whole Jack Eichel thing, man, we thought he'd be dealt by now. We saw rumors about the Rangers, the Kings, you know, even Minnesota the, to an extent, the Islanders. Yeah, the Islanders, it, Vegas. Wow. I feel it's like every, every team in the league has had some type of link to him. Yeah, it's insane. As it should be. Like, th- this is the type of player that every team should want to go and get. Um, right. But, like, just seeing this and how it's going, it's like, one, it's got to affect his draft – or not draft stock, good God, just his overall trade stock. Like, the the teams that still are interested have got to be lowballing the hell out of Buffalo right now. Oh, yeah. 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 No doubt about their, it. Their asking price is, is probably shot out the window at this point. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if I were the Flyers, I'd tap back into that and say, hey, what do we need to give up now? You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. what's the harm? If you can shed, yeah. if make the money work, why not? But by going and getting Ristolainen now, you get him out of that environment. And as toxic as it seems, you know, this could work out great or it could not. Like, I don't know. But this right here tells me that there's a better chance of it working out with Ristolainen in Philadelphia than not. Because he goes from a team that expected the world of him to another team that's just expecting him to come in and play a role which, you know, you know, you play hockey. Like, 
it's when you're tasked with a role, it's better than tasked with going out there and everybody just saying, "Hey, you know, go score goals and go, you know, be a great player." Like I'd rather that, hey, go out there and kill penalty. Go out there, you know, make sure the the opposing team isn't spending too much time in our in our D zone. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This is it absolutely can only benefit Ristolainen here in Philadelphia. Um, and benefit us as a team. Yeah. It's therefore, yeah. <laughs> it's so facto. Us exactly. <laughs> like the you know the analytic people can go kick it, and you know he's gonna prove them all wrong. Like it's it's gonna be awesome. I I can't mm-hmm. I can't wait because you can already see the chemistry that this locker room is already like becoming with the additions that we've had. Like I I know we haven't seen the team together, but I at least from a fan side you can see that this team is getting excited and they're ready to come to play come october this room is full of leaders now and you know yes you could construe that as uh, too many but at the same rate they're all different styles you know yandel and hayes you know those guys are a bit more outspoken than the rest but it also could ease the tension and ease the pressure of a guy like Giroux or couturier having to you know pipe up every now and then and you know lead the charge so it could help benefit everybody for that matter like Couturier won't have to be somebody that he might not be same with Giroux um Voracek's gone so all that circus surrounding him and how he addresses the media and the you know accusing him of being the the can you know you want to call him the cancer in the locker room Nolan Patrick's gone speaking of um (laughs) but you know it's a huge culture shift and you see a guy like Risto who is just a, a freak. He's huge. But then you watch his press conference and he's kind of like a meathead. He's kind of like almost like a goofball too. Like, yep, yep. So you got to figure that that's going to gel with the personalities in that locker room right now, right? Absolutely. It's got to. I mean, if you think he's a goofball during his like media conference, I, I can only imagine how he's going to act around Hayes, who's a big goofball. I mean, I feel like half the team is a goofball at, at some at some points. I mean, you got Lawton, who all he does is laugh and have a good time, unless you're on the ice and you're on his bad side, like he's about <laughs> to kill you. But like, I feel like this this whole team's about to just gel and have a good time. Like we saw them before COVID hit. You know what I'm saying? Like they were gelling, they were having a good time, they were tight knit, and I feel like bringing in a guy like Ristolainen and telling him like, "Hey, it's all good. We got this. You'll be all right. Just play your game, and we're all have some fun." Absolutely. And I mean, let's be honest, too. I know, like we've mentioned, I can't tell you how many times, we're not the biggest analytics guys. So this Risto move really kind of piqued our interest, if you want to uh, call it that. You know, we're interested to see how this is going to pan out because this is a guy we've talked about for a while, uh, wanting to see how he would do on this Flyers team, and we're finally going to see it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's exciting. <laughs> Absolutely. Any lasting thoughts on that, man? No, I just I'm just glad we got a caliber player out of Buffalo and into the orange and black sweater because I feel like it's just on a just gonna help us in the long run. Absolutely. All right, man. It is time. It is the only segment that we've kept alive, or you know, the only segment that we're doing right now, at least. Hoagie, it is your dad joke of the week. Are you ready to hit these oh, fine listeners with the daddest of jokes out there? Are you ready? <laughs> I, I'm never ready. <laughs> All right. So it's not a question. It's just a statement. So just bear that in mind. Am I going to have to take notes on this here? 
No, definitely not. It's not that long. Okay. You're good. I'll put the pencils <laughs> down. All right, so I tripped and hit my head on a snare drum. I think I have a percussion. Clever. Very clever. <laughs> coming from the guy who played percussion coming all the way up through elementary and middle school, very clever. I like yeah. that one. <laughs> that was good. That was good. A little corny, but it was good. I enjoy those types of jokes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, oh. I got like a whole like notes thing. I got pictures saved. I'm ready to go for for next couple of weeks. Oh, lovely. That's what I love to hear. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, man. We're at the 36-minute mark right now. This was a pretty quick episode. Um, yeah. Just, you know, I know this is a little bit old news with the signings and things like that. Um, but, you know, hey, you listen to us for our thoughts, right? <laughs> you're, di- you're getting them. <laughs> hey, you're getting them. Absolutely getting them. Um, so before we sign off here real quick, uh, we do have something to pass along from Matt Casey. Uh, earlier this week, or not even this week, was it late last week or this weekend, uh, Matt Casey decided to throw that this out there in the group chat. And I'm going to pull it up just so that I don't misquote him because God forbid if I did. Um, let's see here. This was last night. This was last night, that's yesterday right. yesterday morning. Yeah, so... No, it was yesterday morning. Yesterday morning, that's right. We were discussing uh, the Evander Kane situation, what's going on with that, which... There's just way too much to get into there, and it really doesn't affect the Flyers, so not even worth discussing at this point. Um, (laughs) But he reminded us that he was not going to be able to join us. He's on vacation this week. Um, You know, I recorded the podcast on vacation, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. Um, (laughs) Hey, man, he's up up in my neck of the woods. He's up in Maine. There's nothing up there. (laughs) No, he's he's having a good time. We miss him, but, you know, this is a well-deserved vacation for him. He then goes on to say, Only thing that has been in my mind is Carter Hart with his guitar singing Counting Crows, Mr. Jones, but replacing Mr. Jones with Martin Jones. He then adds, Good luck getting that out of your head. Have a good show. And I'm on my way to work this morning listening to another Flyers podcast, and I just can't get it out of my head. Like, I, I... I curse the man. I curse the man that is Matt Casey for putting that in my head. I, uh, damn you! Just that's all I've got to say is damn you, Matt, Matt Casey. Uh, so, I mean, has it been playing around in your head too, like it has in mine, or am I just going crazy? I'll be honest; I don't know the song off the top of my head, so it oh, kind of just no. it went it went it went over my head on that one. So oh boy, he also said he said it at seven thirty in the morning. I was not awake. That's I, like, true. Rolled over. And I was like, what? I was yeah. like, huh. <laughs> the guy that tells all the dad jokes isn't actually a dad, so he's up, you know, sleeping in till ten o'clock. Must be nice, pal. Exactly. <laughs> oh, it's great. <laughs> no, listen, I got an automatic feeder for the cats, and so that goes off at six fifteen. I don't have to get up anymore. It's great. <laughs> you lazy pos. Oh, I wish I had that for the kid. Um, but, oh, I bet. <laughs> but no, on your way to your men's league game tonight, I need you to put that on in the car. <laughs> oh, I definitely will. You're gonna be skating laps around the rink, just humming it like. <laughs> I'm not gonna sing it because that's John Stick, but. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Oh, so boy. that's been it for us, Hoagie. Let the fine listeners know where they're going to be able to find you, man. Uh, find me on Twitter at Pod Street Hoags. You know, I've uh, I keep coming at everybody with my with my thoughts and uh, original ideas. So 
like it, retweet it if you want. You don't have to. I don't get mad. <laughs> yeah, if there's so, an argument that's going on in Twitter, usually you'll find Hoagie in the middle of it. <laughs> uh, not not too often, but I've, I've been good lately. <laughs> you have. You've been mild since last time, I should say. <laughs> yeah, that, that bastard party, party really uh, did me dirty. So. <laughs> I get it, man. I get it. Um, but no, as far as the Pod Street Bullies go, uh, I'll do my best John Gove impression. Uh, if you're listening to us, that's where you can find us. Um, <laughs> if you're a hipster and want to listen to us on a different platform uh, every week, which God knows why you don't or why you do, find us. Search for us. You'll be able to find us. Uh, reviews, Apple Podcasts, if you feel so anxious to do so. Get on there, leave us a review, five stars preferably. Um, got a few one stars lately, and um, I'm pretty sure I know who it is. So, uh, you know, just know <laughs> if you're listening right now and you're like, oh, that was me, I know it was you, and I'm coming for you. Um, anyways, kick rocks, kid. yeah, kick rocks, you dick. Um, but no, <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, we I still am waiting for that one five star review that's just scathing, even though it's a five star review like we talked about weeks ago. Like that yeah. would bring a, a lot of entertainment to my life. So let's make that happen. Um as far as Twitter goes, you can find me on Twitter at Pod Street Bob. You can find the absentee John Gove on Twitter at Pod Street Bob Pod Street Gove. Good God. Uh, Matt Casey, Pod Street Casey, he's on there as well. Pod Street Bullies are on Twitter at Pod ST Bullies. And at the end of the episode, like I've always left you, I will leave you once again with a Let's Go Flyers. See ya.